You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, brought to you in association with Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs. Getting noticed isn't always easy, because there's so much noise! But at Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, we make it easy. With standout signs, business cards, shop fronts, banners, leaflets, vehicle graphics, the lot. Showcasing your products, advertising your brand, and getting business noticed. So, what can we do for you? Forrest Hepburn and McDonald, creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. Visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk. Waiting in the middle, and Jancic put a decent ball in. It's a deep one. Up goes McKenna, hit it back across, gone to the net. Kevin McKenna with the equaliser for Hearts. It's one all, and scenes of absolute joy in the away end. Hello, and welcome to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire. Joined once again by Mark Donaldson. Laurie, hello, welcome back. First of all, most importantly, congratulations. How is life as a father? It's it's fine. It's wonderful. Fine. Yeah. Fine. You've gone from fine to wonderful. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good so far. Good. The honeymoon good. period. Um where when Callum well, Callum tends to sleep the majority of the time. I understand that will not be the case forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so congratulations to you and Gail, and delighted to welcome young Calibat, and thank you for bringing a sense of normality back to the podcast after things got out of hand a little bit last week, um, especially when we kept changing our team to face St. Johnston this week, which no doubt we will talk about, but also um, we'll discuss formations. Are we playing... A three at the back, not the Hearts and Johnson formation. I'm talking about us. And if so, can I be the man in the middle? Or are we playing a flat back four? And is one of our guests being forced to play at fullback along with you? Along with with along with me? Well, yeah, it's it's, it's gonna we, we can there's four of us. There's four of us on play, this podcast. It? Yeah, well, there's four of us in the podcast. If you want to just sit out here, then I'll be at centre back alongside our other two guests, and and you can just dictate from the sidelines. Or do you want to come into the team and play at fullback? I'll be at centre back. One of our guests can be at centre back, and one of them will have to be at fullback. I think if either of us have to be involved on the field, then this team has got no chance. In fact, I'd probably rather have um, an injured Ryan McGowan in the team than uh, fully fit. Mark Donaldson or Laurie Dunsay. How, how are you doing, Mr. Ryan McGowan? I'm very well, thank you. And also, congratulations to you and Gail on the lovely news. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. on, on your news front, how, how is the injury coming along? You've been out for a few weeks now. Yeah, it's, it's much better. I'll be... Um, so initially when it happened, they were probably thinking that I'd maybe catch the tail end of the season. Um, it was looking like a 12 to 14 week injury, but um, yeah, it's, it's progressing really well. So I think I'll be back hopefully in a couple of weeks, which would be, um, yeah, would be an added boost for me. I'm not so sure if it's an added boost for St. Johnson, but I'll hopefully be fit um, after the international break. So it's, um, yeah, it's going ahead of schedule at the moment, which is good. That's good to know. Uh, and Mark is correct. We, we do have four uh, of us on 
the podcast this week. We are delighted to be joined by a very special guest, uh, a man who's single-handedly revived Bonnie Tyler's career, and, uh, <laughs> as, as well as his own Hearts career. Um, we're delighted to be joined by Hearts defender Toby Simic. How are you? Well, good, thanks. Uh, I just want to say congratulations on Newborn as well. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, how how are things with you and um, how often do you play Bonnie Tyler? It's a heartache in the car on the way to training. <laughs> so, you know, I've actually, um, I don't think I've actually heard the song. What? Um, <laughs> it's yeah. just a baby. You're only 23, I suppose. <laughs> I actually don't think uh, I've heard the song, but yeah, I hear it, obviously, the fans version every week. So <laughs> it just rings off in my head. <laughs> That's the only version you need to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, it, you know you're doing something right when you've when you've got a, a song for you in the stands. What was your song, Ryan? <laughs> I don't even know. If it, they, uh, they did the little um, the Yaya Toure one when Dylan played. Oh, oh no. That's good. That's so they did. <laughs> yeah, uh, they did that for a little bit. But other than that, it wasn't good enough to get a song. Not like Mr. Toby. <laughs> Didn't um a... didn't really get a song, other Did than get... the yeah the Gauzer they used to go that song for me and Dylan when Dylan started playing, oh, which he reminds me constantly. <laughs> you think it wasn't you think until you... he started playing? Still... I thought I would I thought I should have got a song if I'm being honest. You you think maybe scoring? if the Gorgi Ultras were around when Ryan McGowan was <laughs> scoring against yeah, Hibs that you would have got a but song? I don't have. I was gonna say I don't really have a great name like. To fit into a song, but surely they would have come up with something. I mean, that's yeah. that's a bit of a bad excuse, isn't it? I mean, yeah. clinging on to anything I can get. It's more, it's more the, the kind of it's more the um, not consonants of vowels. What, what da, 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 like an iambic pentameter? That's what it's more what? like. Well, it is da, 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 da. you've got to have the name to go into the song properly. Now, with with this. If you were a wrestler, right, McGowan, what song would you want as your entry music then? And we could maybe oh, okay. start it from there. Oh, so, summer of '69. Since you've sang that on the podcast before. Oh, right. Stop. Yeah. Stop right here, Toby. Um, I know that we're kind of we we put additional stuff in afterwards, but when Cam was it Cammy Devlin that, that came on? Yeah, Cammy came yeah. on and sang, he, yeah. and he did Uncle Crackers because that was his, his initiation song. Follow me. Um, but Ryan then said that his initiation song was was Summer of '69 by Brian Adams, yeah. and proceeded to to give us a song. So because Toby doesn't really want to wait to listen to the podcast because that's when Laurie would add in the music, why don't you give us a little chorus <laughs> of Summer of '69, yeah. Ryan, for your initiation? Nah, what well, what was your initiation song? Did you have to sing one? Yeah, um, I sung I sung a bit of Drake. <gasps> oh, yeah. go on then. Nah, you can't put me on a spot like that. Oh, come <laughs> on, son. <laughs> which, which song? Which song of Drake? Uh, it was "Take a Shot." Um, oh, yeah, quite quite an old one, but yeah, it was. Did it was... you have to do two? Did you have? Um, did you have a song for your first spell and for your second spell? Uh, no, because the first spell we didn't have um, an away game that we have to stay over, so we usually do it either in pre-season or if yeah. you're. Or um, if it's an away day, yeah. so you missed out first time. Yeah, missed out on the first time. Luckily, 
So neither of you are going to sing. You're, we're not getting any Drake or any Brian Adams in this. Then. Uh, not tonight, nah. not tonight. <laughs> I've had a few beers beforehand, and I might have. But... <laughs> well, Toby, um, while we're on that subject, so any any particularly bad initiation songs since you've you've been at Hearts? Um, yeah, I think I think Keo. Um, <laughs> he didn't didn't sing an English song. No English lyrics. So. It was tough. It was tough. No one knew what he was on about. Um, he could have been, been saying all sorts about us, but <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't know what he was saying. But I'll tell you what, Humps. Humps has got a voice on him. Really? Yeah. Yeah. He was. What he did, was top, top, top. What did he sing? Um, some Lewis Capaldi. <gasps> oh, yeah. nice. He was. He was. He was top. Top draw, like every, all the boys standing ovation, and then we even when we went on our um, little tour after we got back from the World Cup break, um, we went to the bar to watch the England game. I think they played Senegal at the time, and at half time, like we made them sing again, <laughs> and the whole bar was buzzing with it. Like everyone was buzzing with it. Like he's he's quality. He has got a voice on him. To be fair. Well, be be honest. When he stood up and you had no idea, and he said, "I'm going to sing Louis Capaldi." Did you like, oh, God. And then you were like, oh, that's unbelievable. You didn't expect what came out of his mouth, did you? Uh, to be fair, sometimes, like, in and around the change room, like, either training or match day, like, you songs will just go through your head, so you'll just let a few lyrics out. And, like, you could always hear he's got a bit, but... Um, and then, obviously, when he came, when he stood up and said that, like, it could either go two ways. It could be dreadful, it can be unbelievable. And then... Yeah, it was just, it was actually unreal. Like, I think it's the best one I've, I've heard so far. I'm disappointed wow. Keo yeah. wasn't singing a bit of, a bit of Scooter, since they're a bit of German happy hardcore. Could have, uh, uh, yeah, no, Keo, I think Keo was one of the first. I think there was a few that night, actually. I think it's, it was, there was a few that night. And then Hans, Hans went last because afterwards he said, like, if you went first, like, it wouldn't be fair. He would have set a stand for <laughs> <laughs> Um, disappointed he didn't go with black eyed peas, but that might have been a bit too obvious, wouldn't it? Um, my humps, right. my humps, my lovely lady lumps. That one, <laughs> yes, that one. Okay, there you go. You're welcome. Right, we we will get, we will get on with some proper chat soon. We'll talk to Toby about his um career today, especially his time at Hearts, of course. Uh, we will talk about the St. Johnston game coming up this weekend. We'll obviously get an angle from both the Hearts and the Saints camp on that one. Anything else that will come up as well. Um, before we get cracking as well, just a congratulations to the Hearts women's team who drew with Hibs at the weekend but won the Capital Cup on penalties at Tynecastle in front of 7,000 fans. So big congratulations to Ava Olid and the rest of the team with that one. You're listening to Scarves Around the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. We are delighted to be joined this week by 23-year-old Hearts defender Toby Sibick. I, I, I say defender, Toby. Are, are you? Do you think of yourself as a defender? Because you've played, when you first joined Hearts in your first spell, you played in midfield. And I know in your career you have predominantly played at centre-back, but quite a bit at right back and at defensive midfield. Do you think of yourself as a, a centre back or are you still quite versatile? Um I could probably look at myself as versatile still, but I think definitely centre backs centre back's my position. 
Um, when I was when I was younger and the youth teams at Wimbledon, I think I don't think that was really a right back. So um, if if so, if I had to play there for the twenty threes, um, I would play there. And even in the youth cup, I used to play a right wing back for for the under eighteen. So um, I think it's done a lot for me as a player as well because you have to adapt to to different positions, and I think it it helps you technically as well. So so far. It's it's been good. Helps that you've got a bit of pace, I suppose. Sometimes centre backs maybe not blessed in that side, but you've you've shown your pace a few times already. Is centre back where you enjoy playing the most? If you, if you're given the choice, said right, you can play anywhere in the field today. Where do you want to play? Um, I think, yeah, I think I think I'll probably stick stick at centre back because I actually I actually do enjoy it. Um. Obviously, sometimes you've got to make like last ditch tackles, and it's it's as good as scoring a goal sometimes. So, um, in that aspect, it's good, and you can always test yourselves against yourself against um, some of the best strikers in the world if you get to play against them. So, um, I do, I do definitely think I'll I'll probably stay at centre half. I was looking at your last game for um, Barnsley before you left to come to Hearts, and it was at Fulham, four um, one defeat they were a really good side in the championship you played it right back that night Mitrovic scored in that game how good were they in that league at the time given what they went on to do and win the title um by a couple of points from Bournemouth I think what they did that season uh especially with Mitrovic up top uh he's even he's even doing it in the Prem now like obviously He's he's a very strong player and technically I think um he's very underrated as well. Um with his back to goal, I think he's probably one of the best strikers. Um he can bring his teammates into play. So um to play against obviously a, a Fulham side with with that quality and even now they've added a few good players in into their team and I think they're only a few points off the Champions League places. So um you can you can see the quality the quality in their team. Yeah. You obviously signed for Hearts originally uh, back in January 2020, which feels like a lifetime ago, um, pre-COVID, just pre-COVID. Uh, what was the difference, the, any noticeable difference between that period joining Hearts and when you came back two years later? I think, if anything, there's, there's more of a togetherness in a group. Um, I think when I was first here, it was, it was quite divided. Uh, but now it almost seems like everyone gets along with each other, and um, think I think that's a real good quality to have in a dressing room where you can just talk to anyone in there um, instead of feeling like you can't talk to certain people. So um, I do think like before there might have been a lot of egos. Uh, that's probably where we might have struggled before, but um, now I think everyone's everyone's level headed, everyone's grounded, and they just want to do the best for themselves and for the team. It was a difficult time. It hearts when you first arrived that said um your two games that you managed uh, i know you were struck down by glandular fever which which kept you out after that uh went pretty well especially your debut man of the match display 2-1 against rangers at Tyne castle i think you'd only been in edinburgh for about 48 hours hadn't you for that one yeah um i did i traveled up on a friday i think i arrived at about half six, seven, uh, did a medical, signed a contract and then trained on Saturday and then, yeah, played, played on Sunday. Um, at the time, Stendhal called me into his office on, on Saturday and he said, I know you've driven like 
almost four hours to get it, but um, you're going to have to play tomorrow. And I said, <laughs> really, I haven't really played. I didn't really play at the time, for, I think, for the last two, three months at Barnsley. Um, so I said, I'm ready to play. Uh, and obviously, when you haven't played for so long, you do struggle with a bit of match fitness. So that's that's why I think in that game, I came off around 70th minute. Um, but yeah, no, nah, it was... It was obviously a good debut and um, it was even better to win. You talked about Daniel Stendel there. You obviously played under him uh, at Barnsley and then brief- briefly with Hearts. Uh, we know it obviously didn't work out. We're not going to get too much into that, but what was he like as a manager? It's it's tough. I think he was always he was always on the edge. Um, obviously, he wanted his team to be high press, high uh, energetic and play good football. Um, but I think it was it was also very much it was either his way or or it's no way. Um, I think there's been times I remember at Barnsley we trying to have discussions where maybe against some teams we might need to tweak a few things because you can't always set up the same against every other team. Um, and you, sometimes you wouldn't you wouldn't really listen to it. So I think in that aspect it was it was tough sometimes for the players, but um, at the same time. His man management with me was was good, um, so I've got I've got nothing to say, nothing bad to say about him really about how he was with me. Um, he always put his trust in me, his faith in me. So for for those times, um, I was I was grateful for that. I want I want to ask Toby you the same question as 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 Ryan for this one, um, and and it applies to to you both. You, you both have fullbacks for managers. Robbie Nielsen, a former fullback. Callum Davidson, a former fullback. Um, Ryan, first of all, what do you think is the benefit of having a defender um, as your manager who knows the position um, to help defenders themselves? Uh, is there any individual coaching from from Callum um, or from 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 Robbie? Ryan, first, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think definitely it helps. Sometimes they can just give you. A- small little details you know body positioning or you know how to deal with certain types of wingers but um at the same time i also feel like they understand that position so i think fullback's one of the hardest positions on the pitch um you know like when you're playing you know center back you've always got two or three options whereas you know a team tends to sort of press the fullbacks that's when most teams is um, you know trigger is to when the ball goes out to the fullback and then a lot of the times you can't actually turn out because you've got the the line there so you, know, you you can get restricted and, and it can make it quite difficult for you when you're when you are playing fullback but you know it, it does help especially with Callum you know for us is that, that he does understand that that and you know if you do make mistakes or um, you know you, you don't have the best positioning he's one of the first ones to kind of not give you the benefit of the doubt, but he understands that position and that it is quite difficult. And, you know, it's happens everywhere in the world. Absolutely. Everybody, every winger says you can get at the fullback. You know, I'm sure Robbie says it at the same time. Everyone in Scotland goes, oh, centre-backs are slow. They don't like turning. Fullbacks like to go forward, but they're not great defending. And it just kind of applies to everybody, whoever you play. And, um, you know, this, I think that the fullbacks in Scotland have it quite tough because you normally you know you normally have a big striker that peels off onto the back of you or um yeah it's just not as easy as a position as as people think so um i much prefer playing center back than to being as a fullback that's for sure especially as i'm getting older (laughs) how's robbie helped you toby 
Uh, yeah. Um, obviously, in training and stuff, um, he does. Like, we'll do eleven v eleven and stuff like that, and he will obviously give um, us defenders and our fullbacks some tips as well. But funnily enough, like a lot, a lot of our play in training is is more on the attacking side. Um, we want to obviously hurt teams and, and score goals, and we do work a lot on on the attacking aspect. And sometimes during the week, of course, he will take will take the defenders for a bit of shape and um, a few patterns on how to play out and stuff like that. So it is obviously good to have um, a defender at the same time as your manager, but he does want to keep things fluid in the attack as well. So I think mm. um, the gaffer's got, he's got his balance uh, well in training and stuff and you can see it on a match day as well. Laurie will remember this. Um, when we had Lee McCulloch on the show and we said, tell us something we don't know uh, about the gaffer <laughs> and he says his upper body strength is ridiculous um, and he works out in the gym and whatever and he lifts ridiculous numbers of weights and whatever is there anybody in the playing staff that could give Robbie a goal as far as the the weights um, when lifting is concerned in the gym uh, to be fair I haven't, I haven't seen the gaffer in the gym he's probably in the early morning but oh that's a good question I'll probably say Probably say Hawks, you know. Hmm. I think Hawks. I think Hawks. Hawks or I think Xander as well. Xander's a big boy. So I think um, yeah, I think I think I think they can they could probably challenge him. Looking back to obviously between um your first spell of hearts and your second, you became a bit more of a regular at Barnsley playing in the championship. Uh late January twenty twenty two, how did the interest come about from hearts and uh and also the interest from another team in edinburgh as well which we've we've heard about as, as well yeah. um yeah so i think i think about november time so literally after the film game um we appointed a new manager and um i think i only trained i literally only trained twice with him and he said like you're not going to be you're not going to be playing uh you're not going to be part of my plans and stuff like that so he said like you can start you can start looking elsewhere so obviously as a player from november to january is it's quite a long time there's still a lot of football to be played and he ruled me out pretty early so december um december barnsley said to me uh if if you find a club you can go now uh you can you can start training with them now and you don't have to wait until January. So I was thinking like that this can't be normal. Like something something else must be going on because Barnsley's more of a selling club and the board has a lot of influence on how things are run. So um there was a few loan options there, some in League One, which were which were good loans, but I felt like obviously in how I was getting treated as a player, I felt like I needed to get out permanently and um Hibs came about and they they contacted my agent and then my agent said to them straight away it was like right I'll take it to him but I can't promise you anything because that's a bit of a crazy move if he does that and when my agent my agent spoke to me and I said no I can't I can't do that because obviously even though it's only two games um I missed out the derby when I was when I was up here through illness but um just watching it you can you can feel the passion and um between between obviously both sets of fans and, and the club. So um I said to him, 
I can't, no, I can't, I can't go there. So it was sort of a waiting game, really. And then um, the heart's interest came about, and uh, he said, my agent called me and he said, listen, you can, you can, um, you can go back to hearts. And I said, yeah, let's do it. Uh, obviously, they're in a good place at the time. Um, and I obviously knew, well, I thought coming in, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play as many games as I did at the start because obviously I was a new signing, but, um, there was, there was a few injuries in defense. So I had to, I had to come in and almost play straight away. But yeah, as soon as I heard, um, hearts were interested, I was just, I was just eager to to get it done and and put my mind at ease. So it's, it's obviously nice being being back up here. Yeah, you, you signed a three and a half year deal with yeah. Hearts uh, late January. So certainly a a big commitment for you to come to come back to the club. How how did you find settling in? Because I think you have talked about it previously, and it's it's certainly been discussed. You maybe didn't quite uh, didn't settle in in the same way you did first time around where you you, you kind of immediately had a, an impact uh, was it a tough come in to a hearts team that were already playing very well they were very established um or was there a particular reason you felt that you maybe didn't find your form straight away uh yeah it was tough because obviously when when you first move up you have to you have to obviously look for a house or look for a flat to live in and um that's what I was doing I was looking then when I found somewhere I had to wait a bit longer than than expected for me to to actually move in and then um you're living in a hotel for I was living in a hotel I think for about a month um so I'm not really cooking food like I'm just eating a hotel food and obviously it's not good for you I'm just stuck in a room all day and then when I do finally move in it's all about getting the furniture in. Um, I still have my stuff in Leeds that I had to sort out as well. So it was a long process getting um, getting all of that sorted. And of course, when people are looking from the outside, like they just think that you should form straight away. But sometimes it's not always as easy as that. Um, sometimes there's obviously personal things going on that not many people know about. And um, yeah, it was just... It was just about me being patient and um I knew like once once obviously I, I'll settle in, I'll be fine. And um it took it took a bit longer than expected and it's always tough moving in mid season as well. So um obviously hearts as well were, were doing well at the time. So I knew I wouldn't I wouldn't come in and play straight away, but I just had to be patient and wait wait for my opportunity. Ryan, you've um you've moved to your fair share of teams. Do you think fans can sometimes be be quick to judge you know sometimes sometimes they think of players the the best ever after a couple of games if they perform well or they write players off very quickly have have you felt that a few times in in amongst your 57 clubs that you've played for (laughs) (laughs) i'm pretty sure that um toby got shown one of my flats but obviously wasn't up to his standard and he just binned it off (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you didn't do what Phil Stamp did to his flat, did you? Back in the day, you didn't make a bloody nah. mess of it. No, nah, I remember Claire messaged me saying if one of the flats was available and um, yeah, he just didn't fancy it. It wasn't good enough for the big <laughs> stuff, so he just left it. Um, but yeah, I think people forget that, like, one, that you're a human being and you've got things outside of football that sometimes can, you know, like any job or any profession can influence how you're playing and you know i think if you put anyone in a situation they have to move but people also forget that you know these moves or these loan moves or permanent moves can happen within 24 48 hours so on the wednesday you're thinking everything's fine and like 
Toby said on Sunday, he's in Edinburgh playing against Rangers and doesn't know what the hell is happening. And um, yeah, it, it can be difficult. And football fans, I think sometimes are super quick. I, I think society is just super quick to judge people and, and see how they're getting on with other than, you know, understanding this, the sort of process and, and all the sort of things that go on behind the scenes simple things like getting a car organized or sorting out bank account even working out whereabouts is good to live in edinburgh you know you don't want to live on one side of edinburgh and training's on the other and it takes you 45 minutes to get to training like there's so many little things that um can go into like making your stay better but um yeah from my previous 57 clubs that i've been to it does help to have people that are you know like claire at hearts who is so good at you know helping the players and helping their families and, and trying to make that process as smooth as possible. But like you said, you know it doesn't matter if you're moving a couple of hours or across the world. You you still have to deal with a lot of things that um, you know you wouldn't have to deal with if you have been at the same club for five, six, seven years. So um, yeah, I always have a little bit of a soft spot, especially for the foreigners that come over here because. Um, yeah, it, it is not as easy as um, everyone thinks of, you know, you're just coming across, you're playing for hearts, it would be great, you're training every day and, and you're playing games, what else are you bothered about? You know, sometimes you've got families, you've got, like you said, furniture to sort out and, um, you know, as probably most people know in this, that are listening to this podcast, us males aren't really great at getting furniture and sorting it all out, so it, it can take us a little bit of time to... You were probably going to get one on furnished flat as well, weren't you? No, I was furnished. This is what I'm saying, Toby. You should have taken it, mate. You would have been flying <laughs> for hearts way earlier. Um, I wasn't showing that one, to be fair. No, you, I don't know. I'll speak to Claire and find out. But um, Yeah, no, it is. And I think the club is pretty good at that, at, at, at trying to help players as much as possible. But, yeah, like you said, it, it there is that human element of, you know, moving different country to different city and, and trying to get settled in. Um, and I think sometimes um, fans are super, super quick to, to judge players without actually really knowing all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that's a good point, Laurie. Remember Elliot Freer when he came up and he just, it was during COVID and he was by himself, didn't have any of his family up and just found it so, so hard. But Hearts fans just look at the output on a Saturday and think, no, nope, shite, next. That... It's it's a kind of like it's not just a professional footballer who if he plays well he's great if he doesn't play well then you want to move on. There's a lot that goes into to kind of the life of of being a professional footballer that, that fans don't realise. And I think it's good that Toby and and Ryan have been able to explain a little bit about that. You, you were getting shifted about the defence quite a fair bit as well, Toby. I know because a lot because of injury change of system. I know we're playing a back three, back two. You're at right back. You're at centre back of a three, right of a three. It was it, it was. Quite a bit, quite a bit disjointed. A lot of it was necessity because of players that were unavailable. Did you find that quite tricky to find? Like where, where do you slot in? You were one of the newer defenders, and Halkett was out, and Kingsley was out, and then we shifted from a three to a four. Was that quite tricky as well? Uh, yeah, it's tough. I think um, if you look at some of the best defenses in football, it's based on relationships. So if obviously it had to be done because of the injuries and, and stuff like that. But if you look at some of the best defences in world football in the past and even in the present, um, a lot of it's based on relationships and how how they play with each other. Um, obviously, Liverpool are having a bad season this season, but I think their defence pre in previous seasons was probably one of the best in the world. So, um, 
and that's and that's due to them playing so many games with each other. And I even think you see it, you see it this season. Uh, we kept four clean sheets in a row um, with with the same sort of back three, and injuries are bound to happen. And it's it's down to whoever whoever has to come in sort of step up and um almost help and live live to that expectation that obviously we demand from each other but um i think for any player whether you're a midfielder whether you're a winger or a striker um and you're just you're just rotating in between positions every few games i think i think it is tough you can't really nail down a starting position and um just just sort of focus on that but um sometimes it's football and you just have to get on with it and try and try and do your best for the team. Kobe, if Hearts play a back three or when Hearts play a back three, but you got to choose, would you want to play in the middle or would you want to play on the right-hand side of the, the three? That's a very tough question. Um, I think I think I'll probably play on the right because I played there um, a lot for Barnsley. Um, sometimes I do like getting forward as well and that allows you to, to sort of drive forward and, and get up the pitch. So... Yeah, I'll, prob- I'll probably say on on the right of a three, but I do. It's it's obviously a new challenge for me playing in in the middle of a three, and I'm um, I'm I'm enjoying that as well at the moment. I live over in the states, but I was back for the RFS game at Tynecastle, and I thought Beckenbar was playing for for Hearts that day. Uh, your performance was was phenomenal. Was that the game, or was there a game before that that you kind of thought this is this is what I came back for? This is what it's all about was it the RFS game or was there a game before that that you fell back in love with Hearts and the fans fell back in love with you? Um, strangely enough, I know it sounds crazy. I think I think it was a Fiorentina game away. Even though even though we lost, I think five one. It was. I felt like I came on and I thought I actually played all right. Um, I know the scoreline doesn't say it, but I felt like that game gave me. I'm not sure what it was. I think that game gave me. Um, a lot, a lot of confidence with, um, with, with how I played. And I just, I just sort of had to believe in myself and take that forward. And I think that gave me a lot of confidence moving forward as well. And I sort of got a run of games, uh, put together. And, um, it's always nice when obviously you're a player and you, and you do get those run of games because it's, it's very tough to adapt when you're in for one. And then you're out for for two, for example, or you're in for two, out for one. It's, it's it's hard to get that sort of match fitness and match sharpness and and that confidence back. So um, yeah, I think I think I'll say it's that Fiorentina game. So so patience is obviously required. Therefore, what what would your message be both to Keo, who's kind of on the outside looking in right now, and in a similar position, and that is an easy target because you were an easy target for. For the fans who didn't know the the full story, and what would your message be to the Hearts fans? Um, probably the minority, those that maybe get frustrated when when they see Keo on the ball or whatever. Because if you can show that where you are now compared to where you were, there's no reason why someone like Keo can't do likewise. Yeah, exactly. I think um, obviously for Keo it's tough as well because I think he joined quite late in the window, so. Um... He might have been going through a similar situation to me, and obviously he doesn't have his his wife here or his or his kid here as well, um, which which can obviously be tough tough for someone. He's in a new country, uh, living away from home, so it could always be tough. But I'll say, I'll just say my message for this is for not just Hearts fans as well. I think it's football fans in general. Like even see 
you saw Gareth Bale talk about it before when he came onto the pitch at Real Madrid like he's getting booed but if someone's struggling and you're booing them it's only going to make them feel worse so I think you just have to stick behind them and um, and keep keep supporting them because even if they do the simple things right and you start cheering them on and start clapping them it'll, it'll only fill them with confidence and then that's that's how you see their game grow but Keo's been training well um, he's been training with the right intensity so Hopefully nobody gets injured, but if someone does get injured, I'm sure he'll be able to to step in and and fill in fill in for them. I mean, the the game Mark mentions is the, it's certainly the one that sticks out. I think for a lot of Hearts fans, that 27th of October game against RFS. Um, you were a partner with Kingsley uh, in a back four that night, and I mean you, the to- the tone was set pretty early. The opening goals in the third minute starts you winning a towering header. And then at the end of the move, Shanklin finishes it off. But there was moments in that game I can remember. I think you put two massive tackles in. One of them when the RFS player broke through one on one, and it was incredible that game. I don't know if you noticed on the pitch, but the cheer for full time was actually overshadowed by the cheer for you getting given man of the match in that game. Um, but, you know that definitely did seem to be like you know from from your point of view. I know Fiorentina picked up, but you must have been aware at that game that suddenly the support for you had really shifted. And it, I don't think it was directed specifically just at you. I think the start of the season, because of the European demands and injuries, the team had been a little bit off form, I would say. And that game, it really felt like everyone was together, I think, from the stands. I don't know if that emanated to you guys on the field as well. Yeah, I think um, we also, I think we sort of knew that we had we had nothing to lose in, in that game as well. Um, we just wanted to go out there and win um win a win a game of football and and that's what we did but it's always it's always nice when um your fans cheer you because you as a player as well um you'll know if you're having if you're having a good game or you're not having a good game uh so you do have sort of them sort of conversations with yourself on the pitch as well if if you know you need to sharpen up or or be more lively you do talk to yourself and um I've had to do it a few times but when you do feel like you're playing well, you sort of you sort of play with that confidence, and um, yeah, you you just you just you just start thriving on, on on the pitch, and you start winning your battles. And I think when when you do that, you always give yourself the best possible chance to, to obviously help win win a football match with your team. Hepburn and McDonald have been making creative sign and print solutions since the 1950s. For more, visit fhmcdsigns.co.uk Toby Sibick, I love you till my heart breaks. He loves the fucking Gorgie. He turned the high bees down. Now, when when did you first realise what they were singing from the stands? You know what? It was... I think after we played, so the nil-nil derby, my first one, when I first moved up here, I think in February last year, um, I think my sister sent it to me on on Twitter. Uh, it was weird. <laughs> no, she sent in the family group chat a link. And then, <laughs> it, and then it was just the fans um, singing that song. And it just, I just remember I sat there and I was just, I was just laughing. Um, and then I heard it obviously a couple times after that, but now it's almost like it's every week. So, 
It's funny because Humps, Humps sings it as well. He <laughs> 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 would just sing it in the change room towards me, and it just, it just, it just makes me laugh. So, um, they there's always debates on who's who's got the best song uh, at the club. So, no, I'm happy that some of the boys think I've probably got one of the best songs there. How good have the uh, Gorgi Ultras been for you guys on the field? Yeah, they've they've been amazing. Um, especially at away games, you can just hear them all game, non-stop. Uh, just just singing, just singing loud. It's almost like it, it is the twelfth man for us at home and away. So um, it's it's very good what they've got what they've got going on now, and um, hopefully hopefully it can continue for us. Can you remember playing at McDermott Park in the three-two win? Did you get forward much? in that game and if you did how difficult an opponent was the Aussie that played for St Johnston that night somebody McGowan somebody I think Hearts <laughs> best oh. player that night <laughs> <laughs> Agent McGowan uh, I think I broke forward once and that was in like the first three minutes that was in the first three minutes I think but other than that no I don't think I don't think I did but you started off as a centre back that night, Ryan, didn't you? Before you got yeah. you pushed forward, before I gave away a penalty, got a yellow card, and then they thought get him out of, the, get him away from the goals. <laughs> then I got whipped after seventy minutes. I think wasn't. Well, you done you you done your job for Hearts because you you let Barry um away from you to score, so your your job was done. So yeah, that it was good that night. I thought we, we played the twelve men. It was it was excellent. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I spoke to Laurie after that. That night, I thought Hearts were very good. That first like 35 minutes was probably the best I've seen Hearts play for a long, long time. It was like they had fucking 14 players on the pitch at one point. Um, it was all just clicking. And then, yeah, we sort of got ourselves back in the game, missed the penalty. And, um, but, yeah, I thought especially that first four, sort of 30-odd minutes of that game was... Um, yeah, Hearts, Hearts played really, really well. And one of the best teams to have played against us um, at home, especially. How, how would you rate that first half performance, Toby, um, from, from the team? Because as Ryan said, I mean, that we, we've had spells this season where we've been really good, um, but just doing it on a consistent basis. But from a, a purely, well, I don't know, 30, 45-minute perspective, how good was that start um, to the game at, at McDermott Park, 2-0 up after 33 minutes. Yeah, um, I did think as soon as we started the game, uh, we went forward and we I think we won a corner, not not instantly, but within the first few minutes. And sometimes that does set the tone on how, how the team's going to play. But I don't know, something, I think, yeah, I think Ryan's right around the 35th minute. I think something just clicked and um, we, were, we were struggling a bit. We couldn't really get out with how... Uh, St. Johnson were pressing us, so we did. We I think just... I went into midfield, Toby. I think that's what changed it. I went into yeah. midfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, started, started putting tackles in. <laughs> but, um, I think for the last ten minutes of that first half, we really struggled, and um, I think we were just looking looking for the halftime whistle. To be honest, because sometimes you do need to get in and and regroup. But I feel like a lot of the time as well, um, when when you're watching us, we'll play. I think he even saw it against Motherwell. We played, we'll start off the game really well, but we need to score when we're on top. Because if if you don't if you don't score when you're on top and you play against a team that's that's good defensively and they're solid in their shape and they don't really move, it's it's obviously going to be tough to to break them down. And um, 
I think I think that's sort of been a killer for us sometimes this season is when we have dominated a game in the early stages. Um, we don't we don't necessarily always score, so I think that's definitely something that we need to improve on in these last in these last few months. A lot of um, fans will sometimes get frustrated that um, maybe a team, you know, if Hearts can't maybe you know start very well in the game, then maybe uh, it it, it gets a bit they set off a little bit the second half or vice versa. Sometimes we've spoken about it on the podcast, Mark. What did I say? It's a I came up with a good line for it. Was it something about a natural consequence of a game or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Because I think a lot of fans will give Robbie Nielsen stick and say, you know, he, he went too defensive, or you know, start too defensive, or we sat in when we were leading one nil. Um, what would your response as a player to that be? Is sometimes is it tactical sometimes from the manager, or is it sometimes just the way a game goes that you can't dominate an attack from start to finish? Yeah, the Gaffer's game plan is never for us to sit in. I think sometimes it's just it's just how football goes, and you always gotta obviously respect respect your opponents because they're good players as well. So um, it is it is very it is very tough to obviously dominate the ball for the whole game and create loads of chances and score loads of goals. Um, sometimes you do have to dig deep and and sit in and defend. Uh, I think against Hibs when we won at home three 0 the only time we got out in the second half was when Hunt scored the the third goal. And um, sometimes in football, that's that's what you got to do. You just got to ride your luck sometimes, and when that one opportunity comes, you you just, you just have to take it. So, I think um, even against Rangers when we played them, we did go out with 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 an attacking lineup, and um, unfortunately, it just it just wasn't meant to be that night uh, for whatever reason. We just we just didn't click on a night, and um, it was very disappointing for us all because we definitely felt like. With that team that we started with, we we probably should have taken a game to them. Um, but it's never the gaffers' thoughts or tactics to ever just when we're winning sitting or if you start the game just sitting deep because that's not how we want to play as players as well. We want to be on the front foot. We want to dominate the ball. So that's that's what I'll say on that. Easter Road, twenty second of January. You mentioned the home game against Hibs, three 0 win. Um, then a return game in the Scottish Cup. Uh, what was the feeling? Uh, before this game and what what does the likes of Robbie Nielsen does he really instill in the players just how important it is to face Hibs and to get a game uh, to get a win over Hibs in the derby yeah he does and um, I think even us as players we we know um, we know the importance of, of the game anyway um, we always know that especially in a cup game derbies derbies are different but we always we always want to win, especially against them. And um, I'm sure I'm sure they always want to win against us as well. But um, we just we just turned up with with a, with a mentality that we're not going to lose today. And we didn't play the prettiest football, but we got we got the job done. And I think at the end of the day, that's that's all that matters. Ninety six minute in this <laughs> game, so Hearts are Hearts are two 0 up. Um, down to ten men at this point, though. Uh, we won't get into that. But Lauren Shanklin sent off. Um, Hibbs pushing forward a little bit, as you would expect with a man advantage. Had a few chances, hit the woodwork. Now, you're a man down. It's past 95 minutes on the clock. You cut out a cross. And I I love this moment because... Talk me through it, Toby, because your thought isn't, right, let's just 
clear the ball, hold out for the last two minutes of added time. You are like an Olympic sprinter at this point. One thing on your mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I even went on a run a few minutes before that. that you did, yeah. Um, at the time, I thought when I did a post-match interview, I, I said it was about 20 minutes before, but it was only like five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, as soon as, as soon as I cleared it and it went to Humps, I just see there was there was one defender left and I knew if I supported him, it would be a 2v1 instead of him being 1v1 with him for the whole way. So as soon as I, as soon as I ran past Humps, I just said, I'm in, I'm in. And then he, he played a good ball. And um, yeah, I just always said that I said I said that before the last derby I was I was gonna score in it and I did but I was offside and um I said I said it again just before the uh the derby in the cup. I said I'm gonna score and and yeah, luckily this time the goal counted. A finish that a striker would be proud of as well, even though maybe your first touch almost let you down a little. Yeah, um <laughs> the first touch was heavy, but I think that's sort of what, what makes the goal. Um it sort of brings the keeper out, and once he started coming out, I think I think that sort of um, that made that made my mind up, and obviously to see to see the celebrations and and the fans and stuff like that. Even when you watch the videos back, you see the bench obviously joining in. It was obviously um, an amazing it was an amazing feeling. Uh, you you um, had a celebration which uh, could be perceived as being directed at the the home fans as well. I know they've given you a bit of stick, given you came out and said that you you turned them down, so it's made you very popular around Gorgie Way, but not as popular down Leith Way. Um, do you enjoy a bit of that that rivalry that you get in these games? Yeah, it's just it's just it's just football, really. <laughs> I think um, I think we all get stick when we when we go there, so. Um, it's always nice to obviously when we go there to win and um, obviously to score. It was it was it was unbelievable and it's a memory that that will live with me forever and something that I can I can look back on and and cherish. Looking ahead in the cup, um, we got to the final last season, couldn't go all the way. A very tough draw against Celtic, but is this? It's just kind of the big target, you know. Hearts obviously want to get third, but to to try and get a bit of silverware to try and go all the way and lift the cup. Yeah, of course. I think you got to to win cups. You got to play the best teams at one stage, anyway. So um, for us, for us to play them now, um, it doesn't it doesn't really bother us. I think with with our home support, we know that the crowd. There'll be a sold out stadium, the crowd will be booming, so um they'll they'll get behind us and I'm sure it'll be an entertaining game. Um it was an entertaining game last time, but unfortunately we didn't win. But this time we wanna we wanna definitely go out there and, and get through to the next round of the cup. Ryan, when you played against Celtic back in October, or when St Johnson played against Celtic back in October, and they scored very late through Yakabakis, I thought St. Johnson were excellent that day, and I thought they'd, they'd got the point that maybe they deserved with Mitchell and stoppage time. But what was your mentality going into that game uh, against Celtic, where, look, they're, they're the best team in the country, but you, I thought you were in your in their faces um, that day. You kind of played in a, a midfield role. You didn't give them too much time. How did you approach that game against Celtic? It's, yeah, it was a tricky one. We, we sort of set up with... Um, I think we played two strikers who like defended really wide 
Um, obviously, they try and get their full-backs on it, and we just kind of let their centre-backs on it. And then um, we kind of had three... Well, I think we had two set us, me and another boy in centre mid. And our job was just to try and um, press the ball as soon as that ball comes into the sort of eight or ten area was to make sure that we were close enough that they that they couldn't turn and just continually force them back the way. But um, I would say on reflection, you know, they missed a couple of sitters that, you know, probably would have changed the game completely. So you, you do kind of need to run or ride your luck a little bit in, in those types of games. You need Celtic to be... Well, especially for us, St. Johnson, we needed them to be a little bit off and for us to be um, you know, at our peak performance to try and get anything out of the game. But, you know, Hearts are in a different position. You know, they've, they've got individually, they've probably got better players than we do and they, they also have more game-changing players, you know, players that can mm. you know, have a bit of magic and, and can get a goal from nowhere. So, um, you know, Robbie will have a good enough uh, setup or a plan to... To go, but I think sort of the best thing, you know, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, is that it's at Tynecastle, um, you know, which which gives you a much better chance than say possibly at Hamden, and um, you know, I think the crowd is going to have a really important um, role to play in the game. But um, yeah, I, I think it would be a good game. I think Hearts would have learned, you know, from throughout the season that you know if they play to their capabilities and they're a match for anyone, Celtic included. So. I think Robbie will be probably be more focused on you know how Hearts go about the game more than you know what Celtic can co- kind of cause problems because everybody knows if Celtic play you know if you stand off them and let them play then they're, they're amazing but if you can try and get as close to them as possible in certain areas you're not going to get close to them everywhere but if you can kind of get them into areas that you want them to go into then you know, it gives yourself half a chance and and like I said you need a little bit of luck in it as well mm. or especially for us at St Johnson to to try and get um, a goal and uh, yeah unfortunately enough we scored in the, I think it was the 92nd minute and they scored in the 94th to beat us 2-1 so it was a um, it is a it is a bit of a tricky one but yeah I, I definitely hold out well I definitely think it would be a good game and one that you know Hearts can will be going into it thinking that they can win for sure I just wonder in the, the, the Celtic Cup tie if that might be the game that Hearts do something a little bit different because you had three at the back that day and you had three in front of that. You did keep your two strikers, Jamie Murphy and, and Nicky Clark, but you were part of a kind of midfield three and then the two wide players and there wasn't much room between the defence and the midfield and you were able to track the runners. Do you think the Cup game rather than the league game is is there's more likelihood of, of Robbie maybe trying something a little bit different to, to counter what Celtic have? I think so, but I also think we don't particularly have the players that Hearts have to play a back four. You know, mm. we, we have filtered with it a little bit, but we've kind of got three big dunderhead centre-backs that just go on header everything and, um, you know, not really any of them that can play as a fullback. And then we've got relatively good wingbacks who um, probably in that game played as as fullbacks. You know, you kind of track back. But, yeah, there is a lot of discipline to it. You know, we, as a midfield three that I was in, if any of them make a run, you, you kind of have to go with them because they do it so quickly and they're so fluid in their movements that you don't have time to pass them on or, or to, you know, shuffle across as such. So, um yeah, it was a, a lot more running that game, you know, tracking the, the Celtic midfielders who, you know, sometimes it looks like they're just running nowhere, but they're obviously creating space here, there and everywhere. Whereas, you know, in some other games as a midfield, well, when I did play midfield, it was a, you know, it was a 
more of a I'll pass him on and just stay in areas where you can affect it. But um, yeah, Celtic are very good at moving players and getting them out of the way. Um, you know, there is the other thing of does Robbie go to the approach of like that? Does he does he keep everybody in positions where he thinks Celtic are dangerous, and you just pass on your players? You know, if he if he runs out wide, you pass him on to the fullback. There's two different ways to go about it. So I'm not exactly sure which formula would be best um, for Hearts off the top of my head, but I'm sure that Robbie's got one eye on that game already. And um, yeah, it's, it's a massive game for both of those clubs. You're listening to Scarves Down the Funnel, sponsored by Forrest Hepburn and McDonald Signs, who have been offering creative sign-in print solutions since the 1950s. Since we've got Toby Sibick on and we've got Ryan McGowan on, we should look ahead to a game before that Celtic Cup game, which is, of course, Heart of Midlothian against St. Johnson this coming Saturday at Tynecastle. Um, before we get to the St. Johnson game, though, Toby, obviously a disappointing result against Motherwell. The team have been on a very good run. Um, what went wrong from your perspective at, at Fir Park? I think the first 20 minutes, we started with rule intent. Um we wanted to go out there and and impose our style, and I think I think we did that. And then we sort of took our foot off the gas. Um, we weren't being aggressive with with our passing and how and how we want to play. And um, I think we sort of became too predictable. And they scored they scored a goal off the second phase of a set piece. And when you go one nil down uh, away from home, anywhere it's always going to be tough to get to get back into the game. And um, we knew. We knew obviously after their win against St. Mirren during the week that they'll they'll be fast out of the blocks and and um they'll they'll be hard to break down. But I think sometimes in football you don't you don't always play well and throughout that game I don't think we played well enough to, to win that game. Um and obviously after the game we're all disappointed. Uh, we came in. We did. We did analysis on on the vid on the game and um, what what we should do and what we should have done better during during the game. But in football, you just gotta you just gotta leave it behind. And now it's in the past, and we only look forward to to Saturday's game. Up against uh, a Saints team who have the best away record in the league outside of Rangers and Celtic. They have won the last two on the road. Um, Joint worst home record, Ryan McGowan, but we won't get into that one. Uh, from a St. Johnson perspective, obviously you're not going to be involved again yet. Um, tough trip here, but you'll look at this as a game where all the pressure's on hearts. Yeah, I think that's what most teams, bar a couple, when they go to Tynecastle, kind of set up for. You know, you know it's going to be a difficult game. Um, you know what the crowd's going to be like. You know that hearts are a good team and they're in good form, but um, you know, I think all of I think it's been three two three two, hasn't it? The previous yep. two games, both three right? two wins, yeah. So you know, we know that we can score goals. Um, we've kind of done that all season, especially away from home. You know, we're a team that that can cause opposition's defenses problems. Um, you know, with the players that we've got, and you know, like I mentioned earlier, we have a relatively good um, structure at the back, which can be quite difficult to break through. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll kind of have the approach of, you know, we know we can go there and if we play to our capabilities, we can get a result. But at the same time, you know, similar to the Celtic game, we know that we have to be right at it to to make sure that we do get something. And, 
um, you know, try and frustrate it and, and make it a difficult game for Hearts. Um, you know, the, I would I would say that um, it's it's a difficult difficult game against Hearts because of the players that they have on the bench. You know, it's probably why they're sitting third and and have such a strong squad is because you know they can bring on players that would start for you know a lot of other clubs outside of the sort of top two in in Scotland. So um, it's you. You know, as an away team coming there, you know you need to be playing for 96, 100 minutes um, and you have to be on it that whole time because, you know, if you're doing well after 60, 65 minutes and it's a close game, all of a sudden they can bring on sort of game changers or players that can affect the game, which is which is difficult. And, um, yeah, it's a game that we're looking forward to. I think we've sold out our allocation for the away end, which is always good, you know, when there's a sort of big travelling support makes the, the atmosphere a little bit better and, and our away fans are, have been really good this season so um yeah it's one that I'm looking forward to I wish I was playing to be fair and probably a lot of Hearts fans do after my last performance again against them but <laughs> it's one that um yeah I think it, it would be set up to be a good game and uh, I'm hoping that it's uh, a 3-2 for us but uh, I, th- I can see a lot of goals in the game for just for the way that that we play against Hearts I think we can cause them problems um and then obviously the players at hearts have they cause you know teams across the country problems week in week out and mark looking at the table for this mm-hmm. one i know we've talked or certainly hearts have talked about trying to close the gap uh on second and and looking up the way uh didn't look like we'd be looking over our shoulder however sitting in third five points ahead of hibs which is still a nice cushion just now but this is it's quite a pivotal weekend, this one, isn't it? But Hibs travel to Livingston, which is a tough trip for them. Hearts have a home game against St. Johnson, which they will be heavy favourites to win. <sighs> if this weekend goes against Hearts, you do start to you do start to just get a little bit nervy, don't you? You do, but I don't want to think uh, about that because you could easily go, oh, if it goes against us this weekend, then we go to Celtic, then we've got Celtic in the Cup, then we've got to go to Aberdeen, then we've got to go to Kilmarnock. So, it's exactly. Bo- that's that's why. <laughs> no, I know, but it's it's boring from a journalist's perspective when the the person that we're interviewing says we want to take one game at a time. But I totally understand why. I mean, I've said it before. And Peter Houston back in the day, or uh, was it no Stevie Frail? I think it was identified five games over Christmas and thought, yeah, there's a good chance we can get 15 points out of this. I think we got like three or four, and the shit hit the fans. So it's all about St Johnston and I. I, I what I like to to kind of do when we when we have a guest on, um, I like to to kind of try and get answers from our guests that that fans maybe wouldn't know. So, what have you been working on, Toby, in in training without giving too much away? Because you've got a direct opponent um, in Ryan McGowan. Tell us everything, Toby. Podcast. Tell us everything you've been doing. <laughs> but what what in in, in kind of as generic as possible? You've had a, an extra week to prepare for a game like this. Is it about a quick start? What, what's it about this weekend so that we can put that defeat to Motherwell behind us? Because what we have done this season, we have bounced back well after a defeat. The Rangers game, we beat Dundee United 3-1. And most of the games where we've lost, we've then bounced back with a win or certainly a good performance. So how's training been? <laughs> I totally forgot that we've got a rival in the camp listening to this how has training been since the motherwell game and if there's anything you wish to share feel free uh yeah it's been good um 
I think we just had to obviously get get that loss out of our system and and focus on this game that was coming up and we've had we've had an extra week to to prepare for it and we've been wanting to just think for us just get back to basics and do what we were doing earlier on in the season and even even last month um and that's just having a bit more attacking fluidity in in our game um I think when you see when you see us at our best uh when we go forward quickly and we don't you don't pass it around the back um too many times but sometimes you have to do that to to shift the opposition but we're looking at triggers on on when to play and um when to play through and and really get at the opposition's defense and and try and hurt teams so we want to get back to to our attacking best and, and scoring and scoring goals so that's what we've been working on do we do we do predictions all round, Mark? Oh yeah, damn right we do. <laughs> what we normally do, Toby, is we we do a prediction of a scoreline for the next Hearts game, and we pick a goal scorer as well. So we don't you don't have to pick all the goal scorers or first necessarily, but just a a scoreline. We'll we'll let Mark go first. What 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 are you going for in the Hearts St Johnston game on Saturday? Hmm. Two three twos so far. Um, I'll go two one. And my anytime goal scorer is Toby Sibbett. Two one for Hearts, McGowan. You can be the lone saint predicting a winner. Toby Sibbett to score. It's about time. It's about time. I don't care if it's a tap in. About time. But, uh, it, no, just, just it's about time he No, he scored in the league. Okay. That's got to be the next target. It is. It is. There you go. Uh, scored against Hibs in the cup. You can have a couple of weeks off. So, so, so did you, and you. You did as well. You had the whole fucking summer off, albeit everyone. I had 11 else. years off. I had 11 years. <laughs> You're still dining out on it. Okay, I've scored two. I've scored two, just to put that out there. Oh, <laughs> Toby's got time. Don't worry. He's got time. Um, right, Ryan, what are you going for? You're obviously going to have a Saints tinted prediction, I'm sure. Yep. 2 1 Saints, Stevie May. Okay. There you go. Okay. The long head boy's on fire. Yeah, he's, he's in good form. It's all right. Toby will have him under control. Don't worry about that. I'm I'm going to give him a clean sheet. Actually, I'm going to give him. Oh. I'm going to I'm going to give a two nil Hearts win. I'm going to enough of this conceding goals. Okay, we're going to be <laughs> solid. We're going to be solid. Toby Sibbick's going to stroll it. No goals conceded. Two for Hearts. Um, goal scorer. I've, I gave up on it for a bit, but Garan Cool is going to come on and score when the game's getting oh, stretched. Think he'll, think he'll start? Um, I don't know, and I won't ask Toby because he might already have an inkling of that. And we don't want to look at, <laughs> we don't, want to, don't want to give anything away. I would, I would predict he wouldn't start, but will come on when the big dunderheads at the back for Saints, as Ryan called his teammates, are tiring and they don't know how to handle the pace of the of the wee Aussie in behind. Two no. What right, Toby? What do you reckon? Then you can be as biased as you like as well. You can give yourself a hat trick if you want. <laughs> Maybe I'm telling all the boys tomorrow what's you what you're about to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I was going. I was going with a two no win for us as well. And nice. I think I think Kingsley he deserves a goal. Mm-hmm. Goal this season. I don't think he scored yet. This season, uh, that is a good. Point. Has Kingsley scored this season? I don't think he has. So he's due a goal. Free kick, do you think, or maybe he's I... not? He's not scored in the league now. Uh, he's not scored at all this season. I don't think is it 
But he can, yeah, he can. It's top goal scoring pre season. He scored all his goals then. But so you reckon he'll be sending one in from a dead ball or getting on the end of one? Uh, I mean, you don't have to give us these specifics. Yeah, I, think, I think from a corner, we never really get free kicks in, in and around the box. It's weird. But yeah, I think. I think from a corner he'll, he'll score. If Ryan was in, he'd be giving him away all over the place and we could maybe get a chance. But... I am most fouled. Most fouled player. I'm not... You are. You're right up there. Right, right up, up there. there. Um, right, well, I'll certainly take any of uh, our three predictions, of course, not Ryan's prediction. Um, right, well, I think that's that's all about what we've got time for, is it, Mark? Yeah, I, I, I had no idea that Body Tyler's real name was Gaynor Sullivan. So I'll leave you with that one. It's Hopkins, isn't it? Gaynor Hopkins or something. That was that was that was her maiden name. Yeah, Gaynor oh, Sullivan. Not, that's what she's known as now. We're not going to go down to Bonnie Tyler, are we? Well, we have, have. There's something about a Bonnie Tyler song from 1978. Something about a heartache. Toby Simmons needs to add it to his his playlist. That's his Spotify yeah. playlist for the car. There we go. <laughs> Alongside Drake. I don't know if that really goes, does it? Nah, not at all. There's a mashup. Bonnie Tyler, Bonnie Tyler and Drake mashup. There we go. That's the that's the combination you'd be looking for. Right, Toby, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining us. Thank, Thank you very much, time. mate. Appreciate that. Um obviously the best of luck for the game this weekend and for the rest of the season. Hopefully you'll get on the score sheet, get a few more goals uh, to come and Ryan will be crying into his bovril from the stand at Tynecastle on Saturday um, thanks to everyone for tuning in we'll be back next week to dissect the game against St Johnston Ryan might come on, it probably depends on the scoreline though, um, until then goodbye take a shot for me oh, 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 oh. take a shot for me oh, 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 oh. Take a shot